Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. As we continue traveling through South America today, Wendy and I are talking about one of the most famous cities in Brazil and indeed its first capital, which is Salvador de Bahia. And like the cities that we talked about last time, this is a colonial city that was built by the Portuguese, but it's a city that I think you can't really categorize in this way or any other way because it's really a unique city, not only in Brazil, but in the world. Yeah, often when we talk about colonial cities, we're thinking mainly about the architecture and that's the main reason to see them is the main reason to visit them is to walk along the streets and see these beautiful old buildings. And you certainly have that in Salvador. There are some really beautiful buildings from the colonial era, but it has so much more than that to offer. And it's uh, it's really the best place to see some examples of Brazilian culture um, and Afro-Brazilian culture in particular. Right. So as the first capital of Brazil or the Portuguese capital of Brazil, Salvador was a port for the African slave trade. And it's unfortunate, uh, especially as we look back at it now, that Portugal trafficked about 4 million slaves to Brazil. But what's extraordinary is that the descendants of those slaves now make up just over 50% of the population of Brazil. So it's a majority now. Right. And uh, it's something that, again, you might not necessarily associate with Brazil. You wouldn't think that more than half of the people in Brazil are of African heritage, but that is actually the case. And for a long time, it was something that was, you know, kind of hidden and suppressed. And many of the cultural traditions of the Afro-Brazilian population were prohibited and banned, and it was something that they had to do in secret. Whereas now, finally, it's starting to be promoted and even celebrated and it's really become a draw card. It's something that people go to Salvador to see um, is these manifestations of Afro-Brazilian culture and it comes out in many different things in the music uh, and also in dance and then capoeira which is kind of a dance but also kind of a mix between dance and martial arts and then candomblé which is an Afro-Brazilian religion so you have all these really really interesting cultural aspects that you don't have anywhere else in the world not even in in Africa I mean it's kind of a mix of African and Brazilian which is what makes it so interesting. Yeah, definitely. And so we got to see quite a bit of this while we were there. Um, capoeira, which you mentioned, is a very interesting concept. It's basically half a martial art and half a dance. Um, when people speak in Portuguese and talk about doing it, they use the verb to play. Mm-hmm. They say, we're going to play capoeira. And we saw this everywhere. We saw kids in in organized groups doing it in the squares in the city we went to a an old fortress which is now called the fort uh, the, the capoeira fort basically and there's these groups of cap, uh, capoeira groups which have um, premises inside the fort and then we also saw a performance by an uh, angolan company of, of capoeira performers as well yeah, and they were really good. They really knew their stuff. So it was quite a privilege to be able to watch them. And like you said, it is also a grassroots thing where young kids are learning it, um, both male and female kids. And we saw, it was predominantly men, but we saw some women, uh, adult women, who were performing capoeira as well. So it's something that uh, seems to be really popular among the population. 
Right. So if you've never seen it, basically there are two people. So they're, I guess, opponents in the martial arts sense, but partners in the dance sense. So what they do are these kind of stylistic martial arts movements. And they're not intending to hit the other person. and They don't hit the other person at all. So it's not physical in that way at all. Um, but you'll see them do this kind of slow rhythmical circle kick, for example. And then the other person will duck away from that kick again in a kind of rhythmical dance move and then this is kind of how it how it goes and then often they'll just do cartwheels right in the middle of their performance and things like that it's really quite captivating to watch yeah it's really beautiful and yeah whereas every other martial art that i've ever seen is about um you know kicking or punching or or hitting the other uh the other person this is really all about defense and about avoiding uh the kicks so it's it's this beautiful thing to watch where they come really close to hitting each other, but they're not actually hitting each other. Yeah, so that was something that was really great to watch in Salvador. We also saw and heard a lot of drumming. Um, mm. It's obviously a huge part of Brazilian culture. Basically everywhere we've been is that we hear drumming on the streets so often and then you can just go and watch people doing it. Um, but in Salvador that was taken to kind of a new level. The other thing is that we were there at the end of November and it's about three and a bit months until Carnival and the performers are already starting to practice for Carnival and then they open this up to the public and you can go watch them practice. Yeah, so Carnival is a big deal in, in Brazil as I'm sure most people are aware and um, Rio de Janeiro probably has the most famous, you know, worldwide famous Carnival, but you have carnival celebrations in other cities all around the country as well. And Salvador is another one that that has a really famous carnival, and it has these large drumming groups. Sometimes you can have hundreds of, of people either drumming or dancing and performing in other ways in one of these groups. And so, yeah, we got to see one of the most famous ones, which is called Olodum. And we went to one of their practices and you, you buy a ticket and then you can go in and we stayed, I stayed for about an hour and a half, but there were people that were still coming in as I was leaving. So I'm sure that it was going to continue all the rest of the day. And uh, these guys were amazing. They, they never seemed to get tired. No, they just play nonstop, mm -hmm. um, you know, and after, I don't know, every 15, 20 minutes they break for like. 20 seconds and then they just get right back into it again mm -hmm. um, and so that was really impressive to see and it was also interesting to learn that uh, Olodum plays this um, style of music which they call samba reggae mm -hmm. and the idea is that samba itself originally also came out of this Afro-Brazilian culture and then sort of got sidetracked or got taken over a little bit when it went down to Rio with European elements to it and then the people in Salvador felt like it had kind of been taken away from them and so then they created this samba reggae to be something really more purely from the Afro-Brazilian culture and so that was interesting to learn that as well. Yep. And uh, the majority of the members of the group that we saw were of African heritage. And you can see that in the, in the colors that they wear as well. Their drums are painted uh, red, gold, and, and green, which are colors that, that you'll see a lot in association with reggae, for example. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was another example of, of the Afro... Brazilian heritage and how those two things have kind of come together to create something new and beautiful. 
And I had read somewhere that Salvador is the place that Brazilians think about um, when they're missing their country. Brazilians who are living outside of Brazil, it, even if they're not from Salvador, it kind of you know epitomizes the the whole essence of Brazil and all of the things that that make their country unique and that they can't find anywhere else. And I really understood that once we got there because we did. I think I felt you know the. Brazilian culture most strongly there and it attracted me probably more than any other place that we've been. I think if I were going to move to a city in Brazil, I think it would probably be Salvador. Yeah, there's definitely something going on all over the place, on every corner. Um, it's a very large city, so there's lots of different parts to it, which is also interesting. So you have Pelourinho, which is the main kind of tourist area, and it's a bit touristy. But the area where we stayed was the next historical neighborhood along, which was called Santo Antonio, and that was a bit more authentic, a bit more local. And this is all in what's called the upper city, and then there's also a lower part to the city as well, further down. Um, and in between the upper and the lower, there's kind of a jungle that's a little bit out of control, and we saw monkeys We did, um, we did see there. monkeys. And they're only stones throw from the historical center, so it's kind of interesting to see these urban monkeys. Um, but then you can go down, and there's beaches down in the lower city, and there are also some old forts and lighthouses and things like that. Um, and so there's really lots of different aspects to it. And so we stayed there five or six days, and I think we really enjoyed discovering these different parts of Salvador. Yeah, and I was sad to leave when it was over. It was uh, it was a really special time. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.